Who goes first? Good morning. What? It's still the morning. <laughs> I, I, uh... <laughs> yeah, there you go. I guess you're going first. Bam. I was going to say good afternoon, but it's still the morning. Yeah. Oh, well, wait. It's still it's the morning for me. Well, good afternoon. <laughs> this whole... Time has no meaning. Yeah. I mean, part of the goal with this podcast... Is goal the right word? I don't know. We were going to go over like what it's like to move around all over the place and, and you know, have kids and whatnot. Uh, so, like take your kids with you through that process. Um, I think dealing with crazy time zones is, is one of those things you just never really get a perfect handle on, I guess. Yeah. It was, it was kind of odd even just during the pandemic. Cause like, uh, at work, lots of people are working remotely now. Like some people are working from their original homes in the States. Some people are working temporarily from like Belgium or wherever. Like we're all supposed to be in Montreal. So like uh, meetings can be kind of odd. I, I was back in the East coast for a little bit. So it was only a one hour time difference, but like surprisingly, even in Canada, some people don't realize that there's a, a time zone further East than Eastern time zone. I think nobody knows that. Like <laughs> there's no consciousness uh, like for where, where I'm at. Nova Scotia, where I'm from, is a, and where my parents live, is a, is a four-hour time difference. And like when I tell that to people, it's so weird to them. Yeah. <laughs> like four hours, like they think they must, they imagine my parents must live out in the middle of the ocean or something. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's always great when you get to educate them that not only is there that extra time zone, but then there's like half an extra time zone with Newfoundland. <laughs> well, I mean, when I was in Nova Scotia, I, I tended to forget that. So I mean, that's that, that's certainly an oddity. It's interesting when you think of it. Um, how much of this continent is even in that time zone? I think it's the yeah. four easternmost provinces of Canada, excluding excluding um, Newfoundland. Yeah. So what's that? Three million people. So a little under one percent. Like it's just such a small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was reading some interesting news today. Tell me about it. I, I went on the, the tweeters, the, the, the twit, whatever it's called, Twitter. Uh, yeah. I saw a headline. I'm, I'm not looking at the actual tweet, so I can't read you that tweet. But I, I have the link still open here to Business Wire, which clearly means that it's important news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should just, yeah, go on. I mean, I mean, the important business news. They, they've been aggregated to our podcast, so clearly it's important news. Definitely, yes. Uh, Nintendo partners with Play, I'm assuming it's Play versus Play VS, to uh, bring competitive fun to high school varsity athletics across the U.S. and Canada. Uh, and I don't know if I should read the article word for word, but the gist of it. Yes, from what please. I can understand, is that uh, this company, Play Versus, um, has announced that they are going to be uh, including Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Splatoon 2 into uh, high school varsity athletics, which to me is bananas. I find it interesting that any esports are being included in high school varsity athletics, honestly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not in I, an oppositional way necessarily. I just imagine all these like maybe like conservative parents who you know want to see their their son be the captain of the football team, and now like they're sharing that mantle a bit with those nerds that just play games all the time or something, right? Like that that stigma's still there in twenty twenty one. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, esports have been around for a little while. Uh, I remember participating in a in a tournament through I think Newegg 
com back in like 2008 or 2009 or something. So, I mean, clearly if it was mainstream enough that, that I was aware of it back then, it, it had to have been going on even earlier. <laughs> oh, come on. You're pretty deep, <laughs> deep under the, the mainstream blanket. I feel like the real, uh, and I could be wrong. I mean, we're like oh, a couple old timers talking on this podcast these days, but seriously, I think the esports renaissance was kind of an early 2010s thing was it not like yeah. wasn't it was kind of like like the appearance of twitch really uh pushed it along and then i, I kind of yeah. remember going to pax in PAX. the early yeah 2010s and it was like it wasn't just starting but it was just starting to really gain momentum and like be a serious thing and like they were opening up more halls for esports specifically and like you go the next year and all of a sudden that space is double what it was the previous and it was just really rolling at that point and now it feels like it's been around long enough to get really established. I mean, clearly, if they're bringing it to high schools, we can say that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's always felt weird to me. I've always been a doer more than a watcher. Right. Uh, I mean, we had a, I had a basketball net when I was a kid, and I loved to go out and, and shoot some hoops, as the kids say. Uh, it's still weird coming from you, man. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I think when I was in grade six, I was on the, the school basketball team. and then uh, still weird coming from you, man. <laughs> When I was in grade seven, I failed to make the basketball team. So, uh, so that was basically the end of my athletics career. <laughs> I don't uh, know if mine ever even started. So, but I, I don't know. It it's always felt. I I enjoy doing things. I enjoyed playing basketball. I enjoyed playing video games. But I never so much enjoyed watching other people do it. Yep. Um, and I mean, I'm clearly in. A minority group or at least i preserve pres- uh what, what is the word per- perceive myself to be in a minority group uh because you know every oh, every yeah, bar yeah. that you go to there's going to be people who are clamoring for the leafs to win their... <laughs> <laughs> the canadian example and everything you know <laughs> i think like so i think honestly like we're very much that demographic that's like sports but like I think sports are actually really awesome when you think of them um, in a certain way, right? Like if you think of like very like countries that are not not wealthy and they don't have like electronics all over the place mm-hmm. and everything, and like all you need is a soccer ball and the kids have fun all day. You just play this game and it's good exercise, blah 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 blah. Like I I have no issue with sports at all. I think mm-hmm. they're great, right? Like it's awesome. It's just another like it's games too, right? Like sports are competitive games. Yeah. Um, the culture of sports, particularly the tribalism. Uh, yeah, I mean, the way I know it, at least, like, from, a, I guess, a North American perspective, is just weird to me. And, like, of course, sports are, I guess, like, like the whole, like, jock thing. Like, right from when you're in even, like, high school, already there's, like, this distinction between the people who play sports and the people who, like, aren't good at sports or whatever. Like, it's weird that it's been elevated to this, this like, societal pedestal that it's on to me, I guess. Which, which feels weird to me as a Canadian, but... Canada, from what I understand, isn't nearly as bananas as America is. Like college football is a, a phenomenon. Yep, south of our border. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of stay out of that scene, so I don't even know a ton. But like, you can't avoid it. And even like, like NFL, like pro league stuff. Um, obviously, you know, we all know the Super Bowl is like the the what the most viewed, like X hour slot each year in the whole continent and so on. And like, 
I can just say, having moved from Canada to the U.S. to Seattle, um, the amount of love the city has for its football team is bananas, just off the charts. It's crazy, crazy, crazy to me. Like whenever they're playing, you walk outside and the amount of people wearing the jersey on that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> like I mean, time... I mean, I mean, there were riots in Vancouver <laughs> for the Stanley Cup. Yes, there were riots for the Stanley Cup. But I still think it's very different. I still think it's very different. Like a riot is something that like a few bad actors can incite, and then a bunch of drunk people who are upset can like get all rambunctious. Just like the the riot yeah. was ridiculous. Trust me, I, I'm not, like that was just crazy. But like here, it's like it's just like a very unimportant game, but they're playing, and you walk outside, and like a third of every person is wearing the the jersey. Mm. Like massive, massive participation in this this activity i guess this i don't want to say cult whatever this <laughs> i don't know legion of uh movement followership yeah and like i don't want to i feel like if there's any seattle people listening they hate on me but like it's such an ugly jersey like it's such an eyesore walking around outside when they're playing because oh, yeah. it's like everyone's wearing this ugly ass green and and blue neon green and dark blue jersey i don't know yeah. <laughs> not for me um, i i, f- I, I find it a I find it a little crazy here in Montreal because, I mean, uh, growing up, there was a, a baseball team called the Montreal Expos. Yep. And and I don't follow sports close enough to know at what point that team ceased to exist. I, I seem to recall that it ceased to exist roughly 20 years ago. 20 years? I wonder. I feel like, yeah, or the 90s. Give, give or take. Yeah, it was definitely, I remember them. I remember their logo, so they were around at least when I was very young. Yeah, but sure, yeah. But the point is, is that there are still people selling Montreal Expos merchandise in the gift shops here, and and lots of people who are buying it and wearing it. <laughs> and the team doesn't back. exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like the. I don't want to get political, but like those people that have the Confederate flag because it's like it yeah. means something to them, you know, like it's that kind of it's it's part of our heritage. Right? <laughs> oh man, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, like I, I'm not even a baseball fan, but I can again see if like it's some kids outdoors, it's a hot day, you have a bat, a ball, let's play, this is fun, we get some exercise, ooh ha! But when you elevate the sport to this ridiculous level of like I don't know, almost like politicized societal importance, it's just really really odd I, I i don't see esports getting there yet i don't know well, that, well well that's kind of the question that i was going to ask is like now that super smash bros ultimate is going to be uh in this esports high school uh competition what's going to happen with all the super hardcore smash people that are in high school that are going to start arguing that smash is not an esport <laughs> Well, I'm not one of those people <laughs> and don't know. That's <laughs> an interesting place to focus. Like, not. Like... I mean, I mean, it's a party game, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that's actually very funny because it goes against everything Nintendo likes to uh, proclaim publicly about the Smash series. And then they partner to make it into an eSport that presumably is a little more serious than a party game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is something, I mean, if you look at the history of Nintendo... Uh, and like esports, it's a very rough history. There's been a lot of instances of people trying to partner with Nintendo or or kind of unofficially do like tournaments with Nintendo games, particularly Smash, obviously, and then Nintendo coming down hard on that, trying to close them down, getting a lot of pushback. And so that was an interesting piece uh, in my mind coming out of this news that I guess Nintendo is finally kind of coming around a little bit. 
Yeah, it, it seems a little bit interesting. I mean, going back to what you said with PAX, I'm pretty sure that when I went there, I wandered into the esports arena that was going on, and, and it was probably StarCraft to yeah. stuff that was going on. Um, and I feel like, despite how ancient that game is, it's still uh, at, at the, the top of the scene. Like yeah. maybe, I don't know, maybe Fortnite and some other stuff is starting to catch on. But yeah, it, it, it that to me seemed a, a, a little... Uh, interesting just the fact that like smash and mario kart are are going to be considered here like it's, it's definitely yeah. it's definitely a different world um like when i was in high school the internet was barely even a thing that we had like <laughs> there, there certainly weren't like like Facebook. there may have been land parties going on where there was competitions or something but mm. it was definitely not as widely spread then as it is now and to me, it's just fascinating that it's gotten to the point where it is spreading through the high schools to the point where it's considered a, a, a sanctioned varsity sport. And then like we've got people like my son who are growing up where like this has just been kind of normalized for his entire life. Mm-hmm. And like instead of watching cable TV, he's watching streamers on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I think we're taking a bit of a uh, Americentric, West-centric view here. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's been a lot more acceptance of games generally in Asia for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, you can play games without being a nerd, like here, like in the, say, early 90s. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess... I was little, but... I guess somewhat related. I, I recently watched um, The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's a, it's a pretty well... I'm aware well- of it, yeah. It's a pretty well done show that's on Netflix, um, yeah. and it's 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 a chess yep. show. Like it's about someone who's playing competitive chess, and mm-hmm. like that's, I I guess kind of the only relevancy is just that like, it's kind of completely acknowledged by everyone in that show that Europe is it. Like Russia is the place to go if you want to play competitive <laughs> chess, right? I think it's acknowledged and, generally. Is it not? I mean, I, I don't play chess, so I don't know the the actual world in it. But th- this is just my entry point. It's just like at least since the early uh, or mid nineteen hundreds, like it's been well established that like games are a way of earning a living in Europe with like chess and stuff. But that still wasn't particularly uh, accepted in the West in in the United States. Yep. So I guess it's kind of interesting, like, yeah, like South Korea, I guess, has ha- got a huge, like, gaming scene. Um, like competitive gaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a f- fascinating one, too, if you read about it, like, there's fandoms, and you've probably, I assume you've seen a little bit, like, they actually, like, these players get sponsors, and then they get popular, and then a lot of them are male, and a lot of their fans are female, and so... Uh, the, the it's not just a matter of like being good at the game you also have to like work out and be like in great shape and look good and for the magazine shoot and whatnot right mm. <laughs> and so it's kind of like this evolving culture that straddles i guess like a few things um which is i, st- I think we're still pretty far from that here yeah but it's it's interesting yeah i mean that's that's the the biggest reason uh i, I strayed away from the competitive scene myself is just uh, i i was sick of you know having to maintain my appearance yeah chase ch- being chased by the ladies a little too much to handle yeah 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 right on 
I hear you. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wonder too. Like this, this is kind of related to another topic I've had in mind for a long time to talk about and haven't really mentioned. But like, I'm I'm always fascinated, I guess, by the differences in different genres of game. So you look at like video games or card games mm-hmm. or sports or whatever. And like, it has always struck me as weird that video games are not really seen as timeless. You look at like, yeah. like football, they played yeah. football in the sixties and maybe there was something bad. It was an unpopular uh, rule or like a lot of people were getting injured. And so they'll refine it. They'll iterate. They'll change the rules one year or change the field size or whatever. But then the next year you come back and you play football again. And here we are in 2021 and people are still playing football. And so it's weird to me that like, like look at melee, like melee is a very old game and it was before mm-hmm. people were like, like it was 20, 2001, I think was the release date. And so, you know, Nintendo released it once and done. There's no patches, nothing. So it's kind of um, part of that old era. And so there's a lot of broken things and so forth. But let's make an assumption that it was kind of an ideal Smash game. Like, why couldn't we just play that forever? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this idea, like whether you agree with that or not, um, this idea that there's like this necessary obsolescence, is that the right word, um, mm-hmm. that happens is just kind of weird to me. Like, I guess it's relevant here because they're doing this for Smash Ultimate. Does that mean Smash Ultimate is kind of like the game? Like we're done. That's like Smash. We can now do Smash Ultimate as a varsity esport. And when I grow up, my kids are also going to do Smash Ultimate. Like, no, no way, right? They're going to come up with Smash Ultimate 2 or Smash Super Ultimate or whatever. And so like, it just feels like even within esports, I mean, we can talk about the longevity of uh, Melee popularity or StarCraft popularity, but generally it feels like these games are popular for you know, a, a good run for a game would be like, what, five, 10 years? Even that's kind of on the long side. Um, and then the sequel comes out and it's a very different game and you just move on from it. Um, you know, me, I'm very much into like older games, uh, mm-hmm. but like, I, I just feel like a lot of them are kind of timeless. They're not necessarily like guaranteed obsoleted by things, just in the same way that like chess, people still play chess. They never came out with chess two and chess three. It just doesn't make sense, right? I, th- I think someone did actually make chess two recently for PC. <laughs> Battle chess two? <laughs> Uh, I mean, Star Trek has 3D chess. Chess 2, the sequel on Steam. It's, uh, <laughs> August 19th, 2014. My, my point is uh, invalidated <laughs> entirely. I'm, I'm waiting for football 2. It's well, be I mean, more popular Super Bowl. I'm, I'm curious how much of that has to do with like the flow of information and stuff. Because like, chess is a fairly old game, from what mm-hmm. I understand. It, it hasn't maybe uh, evolved too much. But like, if you do look at football... Um, uh, I'm looking at a, a link here, sutori.com. It's like the football was created by Walter Camp. He's known as the father of the American football. He invented the football in the year 1869. Oh, wow. <clears throat> uh, that was also the first year football was recorded. Uh, it was played at the College of Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey. The teams that played were Princeton University students and the Rutgers students. The first football was a mix of soccer and rugby. And the game was also first uh, the, the first game was a mix of soccer and rugby game. So it's like by the 80s, 1880s, uh, most athletic clubs had a football team. But if you consider it like that, it was it was originally like a mix of soccer and rugby. That's where the two sports kind of spread out. Like they started getting like the gridiron football, which is in America and uh, Australia really uh, grappled on to rugby. Uh, yeah. Europe really grappled on to quote unquote football which is yep. what 
they started calling soccer but but that's kind of where there is confusion is it was football and then it became football but they're two different sports right Mm -hmm. um and then you know there's a canadian rules versus american rules for football (laughs) so the, the even for sports i think there was a lot of evolution happening there so it kind of makes sense that as we get into creation of newer games particularly electronic ones where it is easy to for developers to just patch it with new rules or whatever that there would be less longevity i see that i just think it's interesting because i mean even in the sports example you just gave like that's a slow evolution over time Mm -hmm. there's still kind of like an accepted uh group of rules at any one time and a lot of people are invested in that group of rules like there's not like one small company that can decide okay from now on, all football will be played with these rules. They can't just change it on everyone. Whereas like in esports, generally these games have a developer who would then own the yeah. property and maybe make the sequel. Um, I mean, Melee, Which I think, are... just I'll finish my thought really quick. Mm-hmm. Melee, I think, is an interesting one because like if you're a fan of the series, it just plays very differently than the subsequent games. And mm-hmm. you can look at the, the Melee, like the really hardcore Melee people, and a lot of them don't necessarily like the new games or maybe they play melee and they play the new ones and it's kind of like two different things for them mm-hmm. and the, just the direction of the of the series has gone more party game more random things happening more uh like like less fast-paced action etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's just interesting that because of the choices made by nintendo the company which is mm-hmm. a small company this game melee doesn't there's no modern version that's like that anymore like i think sm- small rule tweaks can have such a huge impact to the way the game is played. It's effectively yeah. a different game, right? And you can say that sports, you could change a rule and now it's very different, but like those, those rules happen gradually. And if you change it too much, um, people would probably protest. Like if they announced there's going to be two footballs on the field at all times starting next year, like people would be like, what is this? This is a different sport. And they yeah, yeah. said, right. Whereas like if Nintendo announced in the next smash brothers, whatever, right. There's going to be 20 people fighting. Well, what can you do? You just go with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's just interesting to me that a smaller group of people, um, hold the destiny of this esport in their hands mm-hmm. and they change it in, in discrete chunks like it's not like every year there's like new patches and it develops no they release a new game every five years so like every x years there's this discrete enormous batch of changes that come in yeah and now you almost have it, it kind of reminds me of the canadian football league and the american football league you still have the people playing the old version because they prefer it you still have the people playing the new version because they prefer it and so you have these two different uh threads mm-hmm. i guess uh, that could be it, interesting for for any sort of varsity esport in the future too. And then there's always like the house rules, like uh, yeah, yeah. items or no items. Or... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I wonder how they. I, I mean, I I owe it to myself to go and read the article and kind of figure. Uh, like I I didn't I, I skimmed the article. I'll be honest. Um, I just saw the news headline and skimmed it as yeah, you're yeah. as you're going through it. But um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting if there's like one governing body that's going to reside over this across all high schools or something like they do with say. I don't know, football, basketball, whatever. I mean, that, that's that's kind of what they, it sounds like this play VS is. Um, right. Oh, I wonder if the VS is supposed to be varsity sports. I, I was saying versus. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like So where I was saying that back in the, the early part of the millennium, uh, I did some competitive Left 4 Dead too. Uh, like the tournament that I was in, it was it was interesting because like everyone who was playing had to screen record so that like they could if if someone <laughs> was being accused of cheating you could like go back and and right. tell yep. whether or not they were but so the, there were rules that you had to follow for that because it's like uh, 
it's it's interesting to play a video game where people can customize the game mm-hmm. like you, you can add mods or whatever like you could change the shaders so that anything that's a human is like a bright white shader which is going to make it easier to find if you're not a human or something right yep um or or like you could patch the audio to to be louder or something like there's there's all sorts of little tweaks like that that you can do so there was like specific uh preference files that everyone had to put on their computer to make sure that everyone had like the exact same settings on like uh like how fast your character rotates and stuff and (laughs) yeah that's another interesting thing it's like say in the olympics like that's sports at a very serious level, of course. But um, mm-hmm. you think of the level of computer involvement, and it's all just about recording, right? They don't interfere or change the way people play the sports, generally, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, so like, you, can, you can throw your javelin however you want to throw it. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, <laughs> maybe like in the biathlon, you know, there's different guns you use or something. I don't know. But for the most part, it's all purely human uh, athleticism that matters. And the whole role of the computer is to like film this very closely. You know, you have the finish line cam that you can see like whose head, the hair on, whose head hair crossed the finish line first and so forth. But with esports, suddenly the computer, this massively complicated thing, is central to the way that the game is played. And so the, yeah. the ability to have cheating or weird, I don't know, glitches or something uh, is mag- is uh, much larger, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I, I wasn't... I, I think I only really did just the one tournament, and that was enough for me to decide that I enjoy gaming a lot but i don't enjoy the commitment to practicing a game that's interesting Uh, i think the seeking mastery in something is something a lot of people really enjoy and so if they're able to take that and do it in the context of games and they like games that's kind of like it it fits their venn diagram of an enjoyable activity like i i have mm -hmm. some of that i i play melee a lot i agree with you at some level though still like i i'm not really interested in going to tournaments and then like having some sort of public persona and like making a job out of it. Mm. Um, it's not really for me. And so I don't, it'd be interesting even over the next five years to see where esports goes. And if it, if it can maintain this momentum and you actually have maybe even like more like what we see in Korea, maybe not to that level, but like, like well-paid esports people mm-hmm. being cultured at the high school level, right? Like all this kind of thing um, where it's actually something you can do as a job. That, that would be very mm. interesting. Definitely not really for me necessarily, I guess. But yeah, I think actually, if I can go back to one of the first points you came up, you, you mentioned, which was about how you maybe enjoyed playing sports a little bit, but you mm-hmm. certainly were never a watcher. Esports is interesting because, and maybe this is how, this is actually probably what like people who watch physical sports feel, I think, but like, I would never watch a game I don't know anything about, or I don't know the rules for. Or I just mm-hmm. kind of learned the rules and I'm like, okay, neat, but like, and have no investment in. It's very different when you're invested in the game, I think, I guess, because at least for me, when I watch like melee matches and stuff, I know at a fairly deep level what's happening. And like when someone does some amazing thing, I can tell. And yeah. part of it is that it's like a learning experience. Like I, I have the characters I use, so I watch those characters fight and I watch what those high level players do. And I think, okay, I should do that. Or that's how you fight against that person. And just in the course of watching so that I can get a little bit better at the game, it's you just kind of realize it's kind of fun. You watch some really high energy matches. You know, it's not too different than watching two mechs fight each other in Gundam or something, right? It's like, a, <laughs> you know, cool. Oh, that was cool, man. And then you're kind of into it a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's a little different too than than sports, where like 
or sorry, I guess like uh, physical sports where like people tend to have this allegiance to the, the team associated with whatever city and, and, and so forth. I mean, maybe that happens with esports, right? Like you, you, your favorite esports person is from your hometown or something. I don't know, whatever. But like for me, my level of watching just melee matches is kind of that, right? Like I play the game, I know what hard, what is hard to do and what's easy to do. And I see these high level players and it's impressive and uh, I can learn from it. And so it's, yeah, my it's, take on the whole thing. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I guess I, like, I, I feel like uh, it, it, a lot of people who are into it are like really into like learning about the particular athletes themselves. Right. It's not about watching the game. It's about watching Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> and that like, mirrors what you see, I think in like Korea or from what I've seen yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. with like, yeah, like you, you would look up a particular, uh, uh, Starcraft player and they have a profile and everything about them is there. And then there's a documentary about them. And if you watch the documentary, it's not really them playing the game. It's like all about them. Like, that's the focus of it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I guess that's where a lot of people are dri- deriving their fandom from is like the story that's going on. Uh, and, and I, I understand that component of it. Like, uh, I really like the Rocky films. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I, so I weird coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, <laughs> I enjoy the underdog story of it. Right. Like I enjoy that there's this person who tries really hard and and uh, overcomes the challenge and wins. And I think part of what I hate about actual sports is that it's not always the underdog that's winning. They lose. Like, yeah, <laughs> they usually they, lose. They, they'll usually lose. And it's like the person who could be like the biggest asshole can be the winner. Yeah. Real and, life and sucks. I, <laughs> yeah. Real life sucks. Uh, and and then that's why I play games. So. Well, that's that's fair. Uh, here's a huge digression for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I I read a lot of uh, Asian comics, and there's I don't know if you've heard of the Firebird series. It doesn't really no. matter, but it's it's one of the um, I guess most famous series by uh, the same guy that made Astro Boy. Okay, um, and he did a lot of stuff, but this particular one is kind of like his his favorite of all the ones he did and he died before he finished it. But it's this Mm -hmm. really weird series where like the story jumps around all over the place, but it always reconnects with the same group of people across all these different times, like different dimensions. Even it's just this crazy, crazy story. But in the course of reading it, I just realized it's so disconnected from any of that, like Joseph Campbell stuff or any of the kind of pattern type stories um, you tend to see like Hollywood movies or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, no concept of revenge. All the characters that you like that are really cool will die these unceremonious deaths. All the bad guys mm. will just go on their way and live and be fine. Like everything, you never know what's going to happen in these stories because it's it just doesn't try and please the audience at all. Like it just does whatever. And it's it's really weird. I, It's fascinating for me to read it just because I feel like it's so rare that stories are done that way. Like we always have that moment where like the underdog wins or the yeah. bad guy gets eaten by the shark and you're like, yes. Even in like a really dead serious whatever citizen caney type thing like they, they still kind of have like this this triumph of the good side or like the moral yeah. or something and i i get your point i i almost feel like I, i'm not i guess i'm just playing devil's advocate because i'm not someone mm-hmm. who wants to go watch sports but just like that i think there's a bit of fun in that for some people right i can i guess throw out an example of, of smash brothers sometimes i'm watching two players and i know who they are and i know one is a superstar and one's kind of an up-and-coming and i know the up-and-coming guy's gonna lose and almost always they do, but like when they do not lose and they win, it's like yes, right? Like there's only 
one Rocky, well, there's like 20 of them, I guess, but there's like, there's one Rocky one. Right. And like, that was the one underdog story and he didn't win, but he kind of like, you know what I mean? Like in, in the movies, that's just your one instance of that happening. And generally the underdog is the winner or whatever. So it doesn't feel as special as real life when you've watched this exact scenario a hundred times. And now this time the underdog actually won. Wow. Right. I guess there's a bit of that, like the real shock value that comes in from reality being the basis of, of the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I, I I mean, I I guess maybe that's where the whole um, uh, tribalism thing is is stemming from, where like people are hoping that yeah. their underdog is going to pull through, and and that somehow that them going out to the bar and supporting their team is going to contribute to that story. Yeah, there's probably elements of that. I imagine some of it is just general human social behavior. You want yeah. a group that you identify with. So, I mean, if you're a big, uh, I don't know, base hockey, I guess I know more about hockey. If you're a big hockey fan, mm. how do you choose a team to identify with? I mean, all you've really got is like maybe the players, like this guy's from my hometown and he's on that team or where the team calls its home city. Like there's not a lot you can really use. So you use those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. There, there was uh, in the East Coast, there was this big rivalry between uh, the, the Toronto teams and the Montreal teams. Oh, I remember nobody cared about the other Quebec teams. Like, like there was, there was two Quebec hockey teams and pretty much everyone only cared about the Montreal one. The other was Quebec city. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's more, uh, a familiarity with Montreal or they're just more cool to like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just weren't a, a, a good performing team or something. The, the, I think it was the Quebec North stars or something. Nordiques. Nordiques, yeah. Nordiques. And the, then they were bought and became the something stars. US Dallas team. stars. Yeah, something. Whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, esports? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, I'm very curious how this will play out. Like, as a news item, it's kind of like, okay, cool. But uh, I would, like, this might even be like a really interesting thing to talk about in five years or two years. Like, yeah, how did I mean, this go? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm curious if this would have gone as far if it weren't for the pandemic. Like, maybe that has it's some sort of a role in it, in that like people are playing more games now than they used to, and you're less encouraged to go to sports arenas and something. I don't know. It's very possible. It might be that. It might be a sign of the times. One thing, like I'm very out of touch with modern high schoolers. I wonder yeah. what the reception is there. I can see again like the crowds who are really like excited about it i can see people who think it's dumb i'm just wondering what that ratio is like if this happened when i was in high school and it was the jesus the 90s the, the end of the 90s and the start of the the noughties like i just think attitudes of the time like it would be considered a nerdy thing and you would mm. be maybe a bit of an outcast right like is that still the case or is this accepted at a level where like the esports star is cool and i mean he or like- she gets a boyfriend girlfriend and isn't like beat up by the jock right like that that whole ridiculous high school thing like what's the state of of things now um i mean i don't know who's at the top right now but i mean for the for the longest time wasn't pewdiepie like the wealthiest person on youtube like <laughs> yeah. someone yeah yeah okay yeah. so so now now it's I'm... is it ninja now like i'm so out of touch with all this stuff to be honest no i think i actually mentioned to you in a, in a different podcast um whether it's live or not now i'm not sure but uh my kid watches youtube 
mm-hmm. a lot and there was so, a, a trend of videos that he was watching where people just unbox toys <laughs> yeah no i know these are I've, yeah i've so, seen these so here's the article from the irish times nine-year-old earns 24 million euros as the highest paid uh, youtuber of 2020 ryan kaji of ryan's world and that's that's what his family does is they open up toys so the, so the feedback he, is wonderful because once you get popular <laughs> people are just sending you toys right so you don't even have yeah. any expense anymore yeah exactly it's like not only is he earning money from opening them but not everything he's opening is free yeah uh but so so that's i guess irrelevant but but, but for the longest time yeah pewdiepie was the highest earning youtuber for playing games and then yeah ninja uh was at, on twitch at least the highest earning yeah um so i don't know i i feel like the fact that there are people who are millionaires from playing video games is kind of a sign that it's more acceptable than it was when i don't know someone would beat you up if they saw you playing pokemon <laughs> yeah maybe i mean i'd still love to see data like i feel like high school is its own special little place yeah terrible special place like if you think of like ninja or something like there's probably like college kids watching him people our age watching him little kids watching him like it's very possible that that can be popular everywhere but high school where all of a sudden your mind flips to whatever it is that high school kids minds flip to um i don't know i'm i think i agree with you i'd just be curious to get a, a better sampling of that so speaking of stats i just looked it up uh this is from syracuse university uh, they say uh, technology consulting firm Activate estimates more than 250 million people watch esports. Um, and then uh, they mention Ninja as being one of the mm-hmm. he, Ninja. Wait, uh, he was he covered he was on the cover of ESPN magazine. <laughs> wow! Uh, <laughs> so Blevins is one of among many gaming superstars, and that elite group is about to get bigger by 2020 activate suggests that 70 million people will watch a single esports final which is higher than the viewership for u.s professional baseball soccer and hockey finals yeah yeah um yeah it's interesting it's very interesting uh i wonder what that demographic looks like i mean i imagine it skews young right but you yeah like i I do think there's no way my dad is watching (laughs) starcraft (laughs) (laughs) That'll be our next episode. There's no way he's watching StarCraft, let alone Smash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no doubt it it skews uh, young, but I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, game world that our kids grew up in, I'd say, or are growing up in already. It's it's crazy. Um, Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just like imagining like the next set of high school movies like we had like revenge of the nerds and stuff and now it's gonna have to be like revenge of the jocks and yeah (laughs) (laughs) it could fly (laughs) that's funny um but really i mean a high school teen targeted movie is a time capsule right you watch those 80s ones you watch the 90s ones you watch the more modern ones and you can you can feel that cultural drift over time um what is the uh uh 2032 high school movie look like yeah well i mean forget just like the high school trend but like you compare when we were in high school what were the big films um they were the big uh productions at the time like star Mm -hmm. wars but 
like there weren't really any successful superhero films i don't think until like spider-man came out when we were in high school yeah and now it's like the top films are all like marvel films and that used to be nerdy right yeah 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 like i in in junior high i was totally made fun of for drawing comic book related stuff and now that's like the the spider-mans and avengers and stuff are just like everyone knows what they are yep i don't don't think anyone who made fun of me could have told me what avengers was it's uh it's funny though if you look at the data it hasn't uh uh resulted in an increase in comic book sales people love the movies but they haven't gone back to revisit the comics or like it hasn't brought any interest into the comics (laughs) yeah which is funny i for some reason remember getting out of comics um when the digital artwork was becoming much more popular. Like I remember once they started adding like lens flares and stuff onto things, it, it felt <laughs> you paged out kind of like it, it felt like it was a new era and not really as exciting. I, I really liked like the, the halftone shading stuff with all the dots. Yeah. I, I kind of bite my tongue sometimes because I always assume I'm just like, way too retro for everyone else but you know me of course i like that right i love like if you look at like an 80s comic where the artist was like super detailed and like did a really good job like that's way more fun than some of the awful garbage they turn out nowadays probably like very much more quickly with just quick photoshop stuff um kind of another dying art in a sense i don't i never i was never into comics enough to to decide to not read them anymore it was always kind of just like okay whatever but i i never really liked that progression either personally i don't know that it was necessarily an act of getting out of it for me is is it just like faded yeah um like when i was young i was super into it i i uh would bike to the comic store and and get a grab bag full of random comics and (laughs) i would buy collectible cards and posters and stuff and uh as i got into college or sorry as i got into high school i started becoming way more into uh music uh, right and and was playing my guitar a lot and by the time i went to college it was just like i bought a comic now and then but it just didn't stick with me anymore they, they'd gotten way too into like these uh ongoing serial stories where it's like if you missed an episode of spectacular spider-man then you couldn't follow what was happening in the amazing spider-man and you had to buy them all yeah yeah uh again i don't know if i was ever i I always liked like like you could buy like a collection that was one story entirely Mm. contained maybe it was over a few books but you just get it all together or like marvel would occasionally release these i don't even know what you'd call them compendiums or something Mm -hmm. like i have those yeah i have the well i have like it's almost like encyclopedias of characters it's not even stories sometimes like i have the book of the dead which apparently is like a collector thing i didn't even know but it's got all the marvel characters that had ever died up until that point when that was published right. i don't know it was really fascinating because it would show the character and it would show the death scene and it would talk about their origin and their death and like that's now that story that character's dead so the whole story is capped off and you know it although i mean i think they're kind of famous for resurrecting their characters yeah but uh well i mean that, i think that was part of what was happening as i was getting out of comics too is like they started making like the the two the 2099 series where it was like in the future and it was like all the same heroes but it was a different person who was the hero and they kind of realized that wasn't working so then they just like started going back and resurrecting people (laughs) cloning people and 
I always hated that. Um, yeah, the 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 books. What I liked though was that they were all like this really cool hand drawn pan art, and it was like really fun. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of reeks of the time for sure. Like you can look at it and be like, "That's from the late '80s." Yep. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's a style I liked. I, I th- like I said with the the halftone stuff. I, I thought there was something oddly charming about like yeah. the, the print process, where like every now and then, like the colors would just be offset and then not fitting in the lines properly. And yeah. <laughs> One of those uh, uh, things our kids will never understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we have to add like chromatic aberration and stuff into video games intentionally because it's not even <laughs> shot with an actual camera. And... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, indeed. Well, <laughs> shall we wrap? Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, uh, good luck. Good luck, Chuck. have fun for the rest of the week and i will see you next time all right cheers take care